GainesvilleMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me remotely talking about video games, my producers. My video producer, Player One Miggy, and my audio producer, The Dead Eye Knight. What's going on, guys? Present. Present. I'm here. Check me off your <laughs> attendance list. <laughs> School is in session. E-learning. This is a Zoom call for for a class, right? Yeah. Excuse this me, is sir. High school math, right? Excuse me, sir. Is that a BB yourself? gun? Is that a BB gun in the background? Uh, actually, it's not a BB gun. It's my penis. Yeah, you're suspended. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I guess I guess a kid had a BB gun in the background of his, of one of his Zoom classes, and they suspended him. How? I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I get. I mean, I understand you can't bring a gun to school. That that's an obvious no-no. But I mean, when you bring your school to home, how can they dictate what you can do? And you're, I, I don't know. This turns into another podcast. But welcome to episode three twenty nine of What to Do with Schooling. I mean, Gamezilla podcast, your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube live every Monday night on Twitch.tv slash Gamezilla Media. Wherever it is you like to get your get your weekly news from Gamezilla. We're there. So make sure you're hitting that sub button, that follow button, that heart emoji, that poop emoji, that five-star review. Leave it all and help us keep growing this great community here. Um, But we do want to thank our patrons because without them, we wouldn't have uh, the ability to do what we're doing right now through this pandemic. So Deadite, take it away. Yeah, special thanks out to all the all the cool cats and kittens just cheesing us up with that extra cheddar every single month by making those uh, contributions to us at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Thank you to everyone who is supporting us there. And if you're listening to this podcast or watching our live stream and you're not supporting us there, hey, consider it. You can start your patronage as low as $1 per month. And they'll give you access to the State of the Zilla show as well as when I feel like dropping ridiculous on you. And then uh, $5 a month, that's the sweet spot. That's the exclusive content level. That's where you will receive one bonus podcast from every show in the GameZilla Media Network every single month, including Monster Bus dropping later this week. Grim and I give you a rundown of the games you should and should not buy in the month of October. And that's only available to our patrons. So again, thank you so much uh, for your patronage and please consider joining us. Patreon.com slash games of the media. All right. I already got my plug in, so we're good to go. We got a lot of news. We're running behind. Let's get rolling. Here is the news. I just I couldn't come up with anything good. Miggy was so good last week. I just froze in the moment. <laughs> Topic number one. It has officially happened, folks. Rocket League has gone free to play. 
I'm not Woo! kidding you when I say it costs you absolutely nothing to play soccer with RC cars for free on the Epic Game Store. Uh, if you don't remember, Epic Games bought Psionic just last year in 2019, uh, acquired Rocket League, and now is um, had been building out what they were going to do to push this game forward. We're here to talk about personal experience with this um, migration and, well, personal experience, both good and bad. Okay. I don't know if Dead I knew this was coming, but the title of this week's episode is Rocket League has gone F2P. What could go wrong? So, let's start off with the positive. It's free to play. It's free to play. Like free. So, what's that going to do to the community? Well, hopefully, it's going to bring people back to Rocket League, and it has done so. Except so much that Epic couldn't support it, and the servers crashed right out the gate. I mean, not that this is unheard of for games, but I just kind of feel like when you make this migration, you might kind of be set up to support something like this. But out the gate, we had some major issues with the servers crashing, people unable to play games, and uh, it kind of just turned into a mess. And it's still lingering to this to this day. Uh, it's still lingering with some issues here and there to create private parties. Um, fi finding matches in between like matches. So going into a match and then upon the next match, just being in a, in a um, sandbox training, training facility forever <laughs> until you leave and then re -queue. Um, there's, there's been some issues with people's uh, accounts properly syncing and distributing their content that they've had in different accounts across all the accounts. But, I mean, all of it, I would say, in this first week of this that's been happening, has started to get better and better day by day. So, though there was a lot of headache there, and, and there's some people I know personally that are very, have been very irritated by this because of their involvement within, within Rocket League as far as uh, the competitive scene, um, I would say, I think... They have a grasp on this and they're moving in the right direction. And the good thing is, is that the reason it's happening is because so many people have have come to see what Rocket League is all about or to come back to Rocket League, one or the other. Uh, I know personally, just for me streaming it recently, more so than I, I had been, I'm getting a lot of people are like, I play Rocket League for the first time. It's so much fun. So, you know, people are actually, they're getting this first experience, which is important to see that, you know, first timers are here along with, returning you know returning players that are like man why did i i think deadite and i always get this this reaction when we finally return to dead to rocket league is why did i ever stop playing this game it's so much fun well i i did know within about 15 minutes of why it was good that i took a break because I don't play games that involve me getting sweaty and caring about what happens. I've mostly been playing like one player games um, and, uh, you know, just story based games and stuff. So playing Rocket League and just being infuriated at the children that I'm queued up with on the Internet, just chasing the ball around. I was like, oh, I'm going to explode with rage. So um, I've had to, like, keep my sweatiness at a at a low to just enjoy the casual play of rocket league and just go into those casual matches knowing 
that uh, the odds are I'll probably lose, but I'm, I'm just there to hit the ball around and try and score some cool goals. So see, I have the opposite feeling on this is I played a bunch of casuals today just to try to work on some of my weekly challenges and I kept running it. And this is, so this is my other problem. I'm running into people that have no idea what they're doing. They have zero idea what they're doing. And it is, and I'm not saying I'm great at this game. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a gold platinum player. Like that's, that's my level. But I'm saying from like the basic concept of like just just moving around the field and not attacking your own teammates, I was getting so irritated where I would ha- I would literally have the ball dribbling it towards the goal and then another teammate would just destroy me and blow my car out of the way and take the ball from me and I'm like what are you doing? It, it today I just needed shots on goal mm-hmm. saves, you know, things, simple things. And I was struggling to get those because of my team, not the other team, my teammates. And I'm like, now for the last several streams of me playing rocket league, I have been playing in closed private matches with people I know. So it's just been typical. What I'm used to with dead eye, where it's like rotating, calling out our, our crosses, playing as a team, and just synergizing. Then I went into the chaos today. It was just chaos mode. People were just doing whatever they wanted, and I'm like, this is a problem because there's so many new people here that literally don't understand a single concept of this game. They're just flying. They're just really pedal to the metal, chase after the ball no matter what. I don't care if I'm going in the wrong direction and I hit it in my own goal. I don't care. I had a guy that ended facing me in the opponent's net and I had the goal and then he drove towards me and hit the ball away from their goal. He played defense for their team. (laughs) So I'm just like, I think I'm at that point now where I'm like, I'm going to have to cue in the casuals into my placements into anything with people I know. Like that's the only way I can do this and, and, and maintain my sanity because yeah, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. Um, I, I did notice that the couple times, so I, I was just playing casual threes, the couple times I queued in and had one other competent player on my team. It was a feeding frenzy. Yeah. Like nine goals. Nope. It's just one other dude that that's in there that knows what he's doing. That's not cannibalizing my shots. That's not, you know, her own goaling every, every minute. If there was a dude that understood like how to cross the ball and how to clear the ball, we were devouring the other new players, which yep. to, to me, who's not some sort of high level player of rocket league, it kind of felt good to put up some big numbers. You know, I'm not really that kind of player. Um, and it's good to see new players. Cause I want to see people learning the game and playing the game. I just don't want to play with children that have no idea what they're doing after i've been and playing it, rocket league for four years and the matchmaking in this game works very well once things are established so like when you're playing with gold platinum and above players you you will get matched with people that that fit into that realm every once in a while you get that person that was carried to that level and right, right and and you can see that they're that they're struggling but at the same time like i'm going into games with grand champs and I'm watching the other team like where I'm just trying to be the support guy, like clear the ball, 
be in be in position and just let and hope hope to God that the, for the few times that I do have to go for aerials, I make contact right. And so when you go from that jumping to the chaos that I that I experienced today, it's unplayable. It's unplayable because even for me, I'm like I can carry I can carry my team to a win. That's how I like that's how I felt in a lot of these games, but my team wouldn't let me. And that's where I was just like, I don't know what to do if I can't even control the ball and have you understand that you should be on the opposite side of the field. Like, that's the concept. Like, if I'm in the corner, you shouldn't be in the corner. But that's basic, like, team sports. Like, be, on the other, be somewhere that I can feed the ball to you because otherwise we're both in the same spot and we're stuck. Like, so that was super frustrating to me. And I think, you know, there's... The match, the matchmaking is not a problem in this game. It's just the fact that there's so many new players. I mean, there was one point I think the other day where they broke like a million people playing or something like that. It's insane. Like when I queue up in a random day and there's seventy thousand people in queue, we haven't seen that in Rocket League in a long, long time. So, you know, for me, I look for I like the fact that the health of this game could seems to be quickly improving. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be that like period of where people will enjoy the game and get better. And then the people that just don't get it will leave. And then it'll all, it'll start to balance out again. Um, and then I think the matchmaking will, will function a lot better, be it casual, be it ranked anything you play rocket league has ranking systems. So to help, just to help you, but Today was today was nuts because all I was trying to do was just get shots on goal and do these things and I'm like oh my god this is not fun. Also, can I just say, Psionic and Epic, whoever made this decision, like, do not when I queue up for a game, drop me into a game that it's six to nothing <laughs> or worse with thirty seconds left. Why even allow that to be? That. Why even allow that to even be queuable at that point? Just the queue system should shut off for that game after a certain period and say variants of goal plus this many, less than one minute, not queuable anymore. Person finishes with two players instead of three. There's just like I'm never gonna stay in that game. Never. Like I drop a bot in for you anyway. So yeah, it's I, not like... that's true. I dropped in. And saw the score and instantly was like, start, quit. Like, I was like, no, I'm not going to, like, why? Why should I stay in that? <clears throat> so so outside the, the fact that the game's free to play, we're seeing a big uptick. You and I are both back in. We both bought the, the Rocket Pass. Um, a little bummed about the Rocket Pass, but we can get into that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so one thing that's important to know is our biggest complaint is Rocket League players uh, – Epic has mostly solved it where now there is just like in Fortnite cross pro, uh, progression across platforms. There is now shared inventory across platforms and it actually was pretty seamless. Um, you know, I went ahead and hooked up my switch as my primary account. And then I was like, okay, well, what's it like for me hooking in my PlayStation as my secondary account. And since I had already linked it to Epic uh, at a point, it all popped right up. I started seeing my inventory from switch right away. And that felt really good. Everything other than what they, you know, is their premium license content. So when I bought the Ghost Ghostbuster stuff or the Jurassic Park stuff or the Batmobile 
over on Switch. That one, that stuff didn't come over, but all of the Rocket League branded information that I that I have, be it things I've earned in uh, in Rocket passes or pr- cars that were once premium cars like the Dominus, um, were all moved over and available to me on PlayStation, and that feels good because my PlayStation version of Rocket League always got neglected because I knew I was never going to put as much time into it as I would on Switch. So the fact that there's cross progress now. It's gonna. It's nice that I can sit down and queue up on a visually appealing way to play Rocket League, and then when I'm on my lunch break at work, that's when I can fi- pull out the Switch and enjoy some ugly Rocket League. So, th- to me, that's very fulfilling, and that's that's something that's going to help keep me involved in the game is being able to play it in multiple locations at high quality. Yeah, I mean, this is that was one of my biggest things is that we put so much time into the Switch side that I didn't want to play it on my Xbox, my PS4, whatever, and now my PC, because it was just like, well, I'm already halfway through the Battle Pass over here. I'm not going to separately do the Battle Pass elsewhere. When you're playing Warzone and you're playing Fortnite, and again, you can play from your mobile phone to a Switch to a PC to a PS4, and your Battle Pass is taken care of across all of them in one cohesive connection. So... The fact that they jumped on that is makes sense. I mean, Epic owns Fortnite. They own they own Rocket League. They took the, they took the same concept. They played it into Rocket League, and it works great. And I love it. But my um my issue is my issue is with the battle passes. I don't necessarily like how they change the challenges. Like I feel like I feel like it's it's different do you know what, do you know what i mean like the the xp generation generating xp is harder now it's it's more grindy so the the i so i remember playing the first and the third rocket pass and then this is what the sixth or seventh like i've i've taken we've taken basically a year off because that third rocket pass i put so many hours into the game i i burned out i was like i need to play other video games i can't just be obsessed with rocket league I tried to get into the fifth and I actually didn't finish it. So that was my, I failed on the fifth, but so, so with the first one, it felt like progression was really slow with the third one. It felt like progression was crazy fast burning through things. But the, the way the, the way the challenges worked is each challenge, they gave you a set amount of pieces. Like, let's say it took 10 pieces of XP to level up. And each different challenge, you knew exactly when you beat that challenge how many pieces of XP you were going to get to fill in the, the little bar. Yeah. Um, where this one now is, you know, a level-based numbering. Um, it's just, it feels less definitive. And I know for me, I'm moving slower. Now I know that there are perks for playing in a party. There's current perks going on with the event. When you play games as part of the event, you're earning more XP. But at least from a year ago, it felt like I was f- burning through the past, which was cool. It's cool to earn a lot of stuff really fast. I can say my first week back here, it has moved slower. But again, at, you hit certain levels in the past and you get 10% XP bonuses and boosts. Like those come along the way. So it only gets faster as you get further. Um, but I agree with you. It does feel grindier and slow- slower. Yeah, I just, I think for me is I, I, Everything is like play games, score goals. And I mean, I'm comparing it to one week so far, one week of challenges. We haven't, we haven't seen what, what's going to happen beyond that, but play games, score goals, do these different things. And, and it just like, to me seems a little bit grindy, a little bit like, like just 
like heartless where before it was like, Oh, you unlocked a flamingo thrown on top of your car. Like it tied into the battle pass. It drove you to put different wheels on your car. It drove you to change your decal or to throw something on your antenna and, 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 and continue to progress similar will later on, similar to what llama Rama's doing right now. Yeah. Llama Rama feels to me more like what the rocket pass used to feel like. We'll see how it goes week after week. But right now I was just like, I don't, it, it feels it feels like I'm in water right now as far as going through this XP. And um, it's not bad, but it's different. And I can tell, like, there are some people that are hard, that were hardcore Rocket League fans that don't like it so far. And I definitely can understand why. But um, as far as the game, though, I mean, the game is Rocket League. It's it's great. It's fun. Um, and the fact that the progressions cross cross play cross save and all this stuff now cross progression it's uh I, I plan to put a lot more time into rocket league uh so that part's good one more okay. thing uh, before we talk about llama rama a little bit one more thing um and maybe we'll, we'll get to you in a second is they added this is new uh for the now free to play version of rocket league there are season challenges not just weekly challenges true there are season challenges that are much larger harder to obtain goals that will unlock as the season progresses. And again, to me, that was cool. Make I did. I did like that. No, I'm just, I was just want to say, I was kind of interested to see how, um, going back to your point about the, uh, the XP, um, like if they managed to do anything with that, um, because I mean, it does, it, it's not shocking and it does, uh, seem kind of, um, kind of on par with the free to play, uh, game style. Um, you know, um, with the, even with like the free stuff, they really make it, uh, really make it uh, oh i wow. <laughs> really make it uh um like grindy so you know before when you were like earning pretty quick um now you just say like takes forever i mean yeah i think um i think uh what was that um fortnite felt like that for a minute and why did it shift <laughs> oh i'll be i'll, I'll be grim now <laughs> but um yeah yeah and i and you know me i play a lot of the uh, the mobile games the free to play uh the free to play uh type of games and it does it 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 incentivizes you to spend money um and that's what i you know don't want this game to turn into a big cash grab i mean you know now that it's free to play you can see a lot more um like monetization to come out of this so that's... yeah we've ahead, seen is as soon as epic bought um bought psionic and and took over there was a change uh, a financial change to the way uh in-game stuff was purchased you know they went from having the loot crates that you would open at random and who knows what you got and it cost like a buck to open it to now you get blueprints and you can use the game currency to you know build off the blueprints but some of the prices on stuff is insane like some mm. some of the cars like you want you want this car or whatever it's like 12 bucks or something for some of it. it's like that it's it, some of it comes across real pricey to me but again i'm also not the guy who's going to spend 20 dollars on a league of legends skin like i've never bought any stuff for fortnite again i've played maybe eight hours of fortnite in my life but like i'm for some reason rocket league's the only game i even consider buying the cosmetic stuff for and I, i've bought <laughs> three of the passes i've also earned enough in-game credit to i think pay for two of the passes so i really just bought that first pass um but the things in rocket league did seem more expensive after epic took over 
But I mean, they got to make money. I'll, I'll give them that. And I still feel like the the Rocket Pass is a very affordable way. You put ten bucks in, and you can unlock a ton of stuff. And you know, I enjoy the pass format. I know you do as well, just for the gameplay and the the grind and the fun you get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, also, um, uh, I guess, on the other, I guess, side of it, um, I was in that uh, that uh, special event on Fork Knife on uh, Saturday. That concert, which they had with some uh, some artists, uh, it was a Slurpy, Slushy, uh, Icy. I don't know what his, what his name was, but at the end, they did show like. Uh, like the big, uh, <laughs> the big uh crossover event for Fortnite. Uh, uh, at, was it Fortnite and uh, Rocket League? And then they were saying, you know, you play Rocket League and you unlock stuff in the Fortnite, and I think vice versa. But uh, it's, it yeah. seemed pretty interesting, pretty pretty cool. So yeah, we got we got Llama Rama going on right now. Now I haven't really done too much peeping on what I'm getting in Fortnite because I haven't logged into Fortnite in probably a year. Um, <laughs> but the the rocket league event it's it's similar to what other rocket league events have been um as it, you know it is timed exclusive things you can unlock but before a lot of the events were like play these game modes earn these credits spend these credits in this limited time store this one plays into the the rocket pass formula a little bit more like grim was talking about there's specific challenges where okay play 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 one game Okay, now you've played one game of Rocket League online. Now you've earned the the Fortnite flag for your car. Play three games with the Fortnite flag on the car. Okay, now you've earned the Llama Topper. Win three games with the Llama Topper. Okay, now you've unlocked the Llama Skin for the Octane car. And and you know you can kind of build and keep snowballing off that to get the right. Fortnite rewards. And from what my research says, playing Rocket League is earning me stuff in Fortnite. Um, but I don't know if that's true. You could tell me, Miggy, you're more of a Fortnite guy. But I thought that was my impression as my Rocket League efforts. If I went and booted up Fortnite, I would have some some loot there, Rocket League style over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there were, um, and I was trying to find a picture, but um, there are some emotes and some sprays and stuff that you can uh, get in Rock, and not Rocket League, in um, Fortnite for uh, accomplishing events in, um, in Fortnite. Yeah, and I mean, the big thing here, guys... Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, the the reason why this works is when Rocket League went free to play, everybody's friends list in Rocket League just got wiped because Epic Games Epic Games list is what is every is now the same thing. So your account like that you have for Fortnite already exists and and it's the same account that hopefully you tied to your Rocket League, and so. You know, Grim the Dino is Grim. It's the same exact count. So as far as them being able to share stuff back and forth and progression, like we talked about progression from Switch to PC or PS4 for Rocket League, it's the same thing. They can push progression even across to a different game. This is another example of multiverse connections that Epic has been talking about. The future of what Fortnite's going to be, the future of what their games are going to be, is that I think as they build out IPs that can coexist in different ways, they're going to push this cross progression uh, for events and for other things to cause users to check out both sides. So maybe you're not a Fortnite player, but you might just go load up Fortnite one or two times to see what you got. Well, let's be honest. As soon as Fortnite has some sort of event that I think I could play in and it unlocks something I want in Rocket League, I'll boot up and play some Fortnite if it means like, hey, 
you play you play in Fortnite, you play like, you know, whatever the challenge is, and you're going to get this cool animated paint job for a car in Rocket League. Yeah, okay, I'll probably go do that. Because again, it's not going to cost me anything to go over there and, and play that game, even though it's not, you know, a game I enjoy playing all yeah. that much. But if it means I'm, if it's building into Rocket League, I might end up doing it. And that's the cool, um, that synergy they can have between their, their franchises. And I think future, I don't think it'll happen right now, but I think future season passes will play a role because the battle pass on Fortnite right now is Marvel based. So how cool would it be as like I just unlocked Groot, right? And I have so I can play as Groot. I have a rocket that a rocket raccoon that floats behind me. I have a Groot glider. I have pickaxes that are Groot based now, and I love it all. But what if in that season pass there was a way that I could earn like a special tier? You know, don't make it part of the pass because you don't want to like force it down people's throat. But a special tier event where like I love Groot, and if I go do go do this extra piece, now I get a goal celebration that is a bunch of trees that grow up, and it's Groot's face, and he says I am Groot or something like that. Right? They can make this deal when they make the battle pass deal for Fortnite and say, yeah, we're gonna team up with Marvel this time. Here's the deal. Here's here's every, the guidelines. On top of it, we're going to integrate rocket league as well it's stuff like that that seems really interesting to me with when we're talking marvel dc john wick i mean all the all all the musical artists all these different things that are happening now now we have musical artists that are that are you know having their um they're having concerts inside Fortnite. could that music also be allowed to be played inside rocket league you know, instead of and as much as I love Monster Cat music and Rocket League, Rocket League, could that expand just just the the choices of music that that are playing in Rocket League? The possibilities really are endless with the sense of what's going on in this environment with Battle Royale, with Fortnite, with Epic Games, and uh, yeah, it is it is interesting to see. And there, like you said, there is cross progression for for uh, rewards right now, but also. There's certain spots in Fortnite in the game right now that if you go inside the posters of the new of the new game art for Rocket League are actually all over the walls and stuff like that inside Fortnite. So I like I like that concept and like you said is that I'm not I'm not nearly as big of a Fortnite player as I once was, but I'm enjoying Fortnite right now because of the Marvel Pass and I'm enjoying Fortnite even more now because of this. Uh, sharing of rewards with Rocket League. So, and sorry guys, I had to step away and kill a giant spider that was on my wife's monitor and she was freaking out. So, noble cause. Yeah. Noble cause doing your husbandly duty to protect yep. your wife from an arachnid. Yep. I applaud. I also apologize to the spider, just saying, sorry dude, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because I also respect have- spiders because they take care of a lot of things for us. Did it have an HP bar? It did. It took it took a couple okay. a couple uh, you know heavy attacks just to take it out. Okay. Yeah, didn't think the battle axe was going to take it. Anyways, uh, that's our topic for Rocket League. Um, let us know in the Discord if you're playing Rocket League. Um, we have our epic game names and everything. So if we were friends at one point on Rocket League and now we're not because everything got reset, feel free to request our information in the Discord so that we can get our our friend list back to back to the way it was because we'll be i'll be playing a lot more rocket league i know deadite's already been putting in time miggy's back on it uh we we saw we saw ea spuds the other day join us 
Um, and then obviously my big, my news that I shared last week is I joined N7 Esports International, which is a, a which is an esport organization focusing on Rocket League. And I've been starting to meet some of the teams, some of the coaches and, and team management, and they've all been getting involved in my streams as well. So if you want to learn Rocket League, um, we have the community is getting is becoming even stronger uh, with helping people start to learn concepts and get better and even things that like I thought I would never do I'm I'm starting to like understand and actually pull off sometimes so like it's it's a good time to get into hanging out with us and playing Rocket League yeah at the beginning of the you know us talking about Rocket League we were just like cooking everyone who's getting in the game doesn't know how to play yeah that's not going to be the situation if you hit if you hit us up like hey I want to learn to play Rocket League. Grim and I are going to take the time to teach you the basics and, yeah. and play with you. Um, you know, like so. So definitely don't be shy if you've never played Rocket League. We're we're definitely both down to teach you. You know what we know of the basics. You know. Yeah, the last three nights of uh, streaming, we've been doing private channels, pri private matches with anybody. We basically we open the game queue. People could join the game queue. We bring them in as spots opened up, and we had a grand champion in there. Known as Migra, good friend of mine, amazing, amazing gamer, amazing Rocket League uh, player. We had um, Sergeant Dexter Griff, who's the owner of N7. And then we've had, again, some of the teams in there, along with coaches. And we'll bring them into chat, and we will we'll literally talk down basics. You know, like, we will talk down rotation. We'll talk down placement on map. We'll, you know, talk down mechanics of, of just you and your vehicle and how to, how to do better with certain aspects. And um, we, there's a lot of fun there. That's a, It's a lot of fun to do that. And that stuff I love. It's just going right now going into casuals where I don't have proper communication with these people and trying to actually just, like, play a game is, is oh, it's like, it, it's chaos. It's complete chaos. Uh, we will all, and we will, and Super Lars is in there saying they will talk down to you for sure, only if your name is Super Lars. Okay, that's all. That's all I'm saying. All right, um, <laughs> that's topic number one. I think we can move on. We're all excited about Rocket League, so we're excited to see it um, in the spotlight again. I'm gonna cough, so I'm gonna mute myself for a second. Yeah, Grim's coughing. Cough, cough, cough sounds. I'm I'm overlapping his need to mute. I'm back. What's going on? <laughs> hey, you know, I just animated your I just voice over to your call. Should let the pregnant pause in there to mess with people that listen to this like while they're driving. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so topic number 2, we had some Bethesda news obviously last week with the um purchase from Microsoft purchasing Bethesda and all of its all of its well, purchasing Zenimax and which means they own Bethesda and everything else. Now we're going to be talking about Bethesda and the leaked images of Starfield, their upcoming game that little to anything is known about. And um, it's become a popular topic, I think, due to the Microsoft purchase that some images have leaked out. Um Despite there being no major, even minor game-related Starfield reveals for some time, um, Microsoft's recent acquisition of Bethesda that's stirring things up, questions about platform exclusivity, and understandably, a priority for many gamers. And now, in the midst of it all, it appears that several Starfield screenshots have leaked. 
three images were shared via uh, Imgur, which were the sh which were shared then shared on Reddit by a throwaway account. And uh, one photo features a user interface graphic showing an oxygen gauge and several other elements that would presumably be important for gameplay. The second image shows the model of a large spacecraft. And the third and final image looks like a genuine screenshot showing a third-person player character UI elements. And that could be a space station or some sort of base in the background. So these images obviously are... Uh, just all this is rumor all this there, there's no there's no confirmation that these are even legitimate or a lot of speculation is that these are pre like pre current gen or about to be current gen systems this could be stuff that was built on an older engine that was was back on xbox one ps4 era type stuff we don't know so Either way, I will say the images look pretty. Uh, they do look nice. And the the UI gauge of oxygen and things like that do, do suggest like survival uh, style mechanics in this game. The ship looks really cool. And but at the end, we all have to take this with a grain of salt that this could all be fabricated or from a, a completely different game and somehow has great gained some social media traction um but it is just interesting obviously because just a week ago we were talking about the big purchase from microsoft and now leaks are happening could this have happened from a disgruntled you know uh developer or something like that member of the development team uh because of this i don't know but what do you guys think? I mean, there's not a whole lot to go off here besides the fact that the ship looks cool and this, the picture of the spaceman and the space station looks very clean. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, it, it looks very, very convincing. Um, but I'm at the point now where I feel like we've been hearing about Starfield for like like 27 years or something. You know, it's like I I I I'm I'm itching to see something and if I see something with the with the name attached to it I want to believe it's real because that means we're one step closer to getting the game and I'm I'm excited for it as as bad as Bethesda's burn not Bethesda um man I'm getting them confused with uh <laughs> I'm getting them confused with Fallout but uh <laughs> but no I mean I'm just excited I'm excited to get it um and hopefully it is real and it just means that we're close to uh Close to getting our hands on it. Hopefully, twenty twenty one will be our year. You mean we were burned by Zenimax? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I was getting confused. I mean, we. Were, I mean, you could probably sit there and say that we were burned by Bethesda too, considering the Fallout franchise is is still primarily Bethesda, and they 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 collaborated on that project heavily. Um, but I mean, the the thing is, we haven't seen anything since twenty eighteen when we saw like a planet. And like space, and then a logo, right? <laughs> so it. it's been two years, for God's sake. So we haven't seen anything. We we are due, and with this, we we believe this is the next the next big thing from from the develop from the uh, Bethesda, and so it should we should hear from hear about it like twenty twenty one. We should see gameplay. We should understand a better idea of when we should expect it to be out, but. You know, th this this does create a nice conversation, 
But now I just want to hear more, and I don't think we're going to for a little while. I think it's going to be, you know, an E3 time next year when this is going to be talked about. Um, the spaceship screenshot is, are, is very detailed um, with huge, I mean, trying to describe this for the people that aren't watching it live on Twitch. Um, huge variety of panels, thrusters, lights, platforms. Uh, the level of detail could mean that the spaceship is quite important, and perhaps uh, it's the player's ship, um, like how Normandy is Commander Shepard's spaceship. Uh, perhaps it's another character faction spaceship. You know, obviously it, it could be anything, or it could be modular, like how Destiny 2 creates such a diverse range of ships. Maybe we're looking at a customized ship that we're going to be able to uh, make our own. A truly unique, um, you know, vehicle. So, lastly, the third screenshot is the most curious of all. It could be a genuine gameplay screenshot from Starfield. The player character is wearing an astronaut full suit, as well as what could be a jetpack of sorts. The bottom right corner of the screenshot has a gauge that's shown in the first image. On the bottom left, it shows the player's health, stamina, and what looks like a weapon and ammo. Um, the structure in front of the player is the biggest. Um, the biggest question in hand, it, as it's difficult to tell what it is or uh, where it's actually located. It could be a, 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 like a base, like station on a planet or something, but you're only seeing a, a fraction of it, so we don't really know what it is. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, with the news that Bethesda and Microsoft dropped and the fact that this leaked, I'm happy because it brings Starfield kind of back into the conversation of, like, what is it? What the, you know? What is it even? And then seeing a few, seeing a screenshot go, I instantly go, well, a this just looking at the character build and the environment build, I go, it's not Skyrim engine, <laughs> like right, like I, it's like it's not an archaic engine that they've been using for year after year after year. That's buggy. And I mean, I can't prove that this one's not buggy, but it's not the same build. And because of it, like. I can get excited for what should be hopefully a very visually exciting game. Now, story and everything else, we're not going to know anything based off of these three stills, but the ship looks really unique. The the character looks very sharp and and the graphics look good. And then the gauge, I mean the gauge is a gauge. There's there's UI gauges in every video game. I don't think there's anything super crazy about this other than the O2 CO2 meter, but if you think about space, it makes sense. So, um, yeah. Oh, oh, the other thing, the other thing they didn't mention in this article was the the um, gravity meter. There's a gravity meter in it too. So, it, it possibly the concept here is that depending on what planet you're on and different gravity like concepts per planet, you could have different mechanics depending on where you're at. And that's kind of cool. It takes you back to thinking of like pre-sequel um, Borderlands when you're on the moon and, and, and how it's different than, you know, when you're on different planets. So the fact that that there, that gauge is there is interesting. You also see what looks like a, maybe a planet itself and it's either white or black as far as like eclipsing. So could that be the dark side of the planet? And what does that mean? You know, how does light play a factor into this game? Could it, could it be just simply temperature situation or could it be something creature situation um, or both? Right. So and then finally, there's a crosshair with a bunch of dots. I don't really have any idea what that could be other than. 
I don't know, potentially like a radar type thing. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's that's what we got. It's uh, in development with no release window and no supported platforms. And we know little about it besides the fact that it's by Bethesda and it's now owned by Microsoft. What does that mean? Let us know what you think in Discord. What do you think of the images? What do you want the game to be? How excited are you to potentially see the first screen sh uh, screenshots of this game? Tell us in the Discord. Topic number three and our last topic of the show. Amazon announces a new cloud gaming service called Luna. Another, another competitor has entered the field. We talked about the fact that Amazon was going to be getting into the into this competition we knew it was on its way i didn't think it was going to drop randomly like it did here um but they're 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 here and they have quite a bit to talk about so amazon announced a cloud gaming platform called luna uh the news isn't too surprising the service has been rumored since last year which we've talked about but um pre previously codenamed tempo while an Amazon-made game controller leaked out just ahead of today's event. So that's really what kind of spun things as we saw the controller. Um, it's not clear when Luna will launch widely, but it will be available on PC, Mac, Fire TV Stick, and iPhone and iPad via web apps, which we'll explain that in a second, with an Android version planned for later, launch, uh, later after launch. Amazon says the interested users in the U.S. can request early access to the service starting now. And there's no word on international availability yet. So uh, the service will be available for a introductory price of $5.99 a month during its early access phase, which gives subscribers the ability to play Luna Plus channel games across two devices simultaneously and offers 4K 60 frames per second resolution for select titles. Naturally, it will be powered by AWS, which is Amazon's you know, web platform. It's their cloud. There you go. Amazon says more than 100 games will be available via the Luna Plus channel. And launch titles include Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. That list went off a cliff real fast as far as you start with like these haymakers and then it's like Ukulele? Come on, like like the Surge Two. Anyways, and, and I'm not saying these games are bad, but like that that over 100 games, and then that's the list that you get. That's the example list that you give out. We'll see as time goes on how that strengthens. But uh, Amazon says more titles will be added over time. The company has also partnered with Ubisoft for a specific gaming channel. And here's how Amazon is going to describe this. Players who subscribe to this channel, Ubisoft, will have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in up to 4K resolution, mobile gameplay, and access to new titles when channel launches. When the channel launches, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry, Far Cry 6, and Immortals: Phoenix Rising, the same day they release. This is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres. That's right. You will be buying channel access per developer is basically the business, the business uh, design here. 
Now, this is Amazon based, so the next piece I wanted to to cover here, but before actually, you know what? Before we go into that, let's talk these cha- let's talk this channel concept with 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 the team here. This is what's different than what's going on with Stadia, what's going on with Game Pass, what's, you know, and everything, is that this is more in the concept of what cable companies are trying to do right now, where you could build your own package. That's what Amazon's doing here with the games, and so I don't. I don't know how I feel about this unless it looks like like solo companies are giving up on on their idea that they could go off on their own and do their own thing. So example, Ubisoft trying to do its own thing, EA Origins and EA Access or whatever the hell they called it depending on where you got access to it, it had different names which was super confusing. They they're they're just they're just starting to migrate their stuff into Game Pass now. We're starting to see this kind of happen where I think companies realize I'm not going to go pay you $10, you $15, you $10 across all these different launchers. Just just funnel it into a launcher so I can enjoy it. And launchers like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and yes, even and PlayStation have have those have those just environments and that community that they want access to. So Per channel is going to be interesting to based on price because now you're talking like you can craft something that where I'm paying ten, you know six dollars a month for the basic and that I could be paying sixty dollars a month because he wants to play games across you know five different channels. Yeah, the interesting I I like I like where that comes in at that base price six dollars a month. You know, like you said, the quality dipped off real fast in that initial list, but we're talking about launch, so if that if that Luna Plus channel has a decent listing of games and gets some relatively up-to-date titles, six bucks a month, very affordable. And for some people that might work out real well. I'm very curious to know what the additional channels would cost because let's say hypothetically, I wanted to play the new Far Cry. Well, if it's only six, $8 a month more for access to the Ubisoft channel, I could throw that money down, play the one game I wanted to, and then drop that channel until there's another title I want to play. So, again, if you're not someone that has a game console and you're not already paying for PlayStation subscriptions and Xbox subscriptions, if you're someone that just goes, hey, maybe this is an affordable way I could game without investing in hardware, which is what we were hoping Stadia was going to provide, and we found out Stadia was a fraud... (laughs) Stadia doesn't work well. Um, Stadia had a, a high buy-in cost. Stadia, you're buying the titles. Like it, it wasn't what we were hoping it was. Maybe this would be. Maybe this is the person who buys the fifty dollar controller because that's the price tag on the controller. I'm pretty sure I thought it was forty nine nine nine. Could have been sixty bucks. Uh, but again, fifty bucks on a affordable right. controller. And there you go, six dollars a month basic access, and you can pick your channels from there. Maybe this is a good, if this works, this could be a good avenue and a good platform for people. But if that Ubisoft channel is $15, $20 a month, the, that real quick devalues it. Unless you're just going to go with the platform. I said, play the game you want to play for one month and then bail on the service and go back to basic, um, which is a hassle. You know, you're going to forget to cancel. You're going to end up getting overcharged. Like that sort of stuff's going to happen. But if it's less than $10 per channel for most of the channels, 
you know, you, you could deal with getting hit with an extra month or something you didn't want if it's eight bucks. You know? See, I don't think anything's going to be less than ten dollars because that five even even the Luna Plus is introductory price. It's going to I think that's going up to probably your nine ninety nine. I think it's at least a ten dollar zone. And I think uh, I think at that point, if that's ten bucks, you can you can at least imagine that each channel you add on is 10 bucks, at least the triple A's. And then maybe if you have like an indie channel, maybe somehow that's a little bit less. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you have certain months where channels have deals, but that gets annoying to me because then I have to juggle the fact, like you just said, subscriptions that I'm going to forget about, or I'm not going to terminate them in time. And I'm going to get charged full price next month. It, you know, it, it's, it's interesting it's intriguing in one way and it's annoying in another way um, where, where game pass, I just say, yes, I want game pass and yes, I get first party, but I also get third party and I also get indie. So like I get everything for one price and whatever I get, I get. And so the idea of customizing is the, is the perk here. But if I'm going to pay 15 bucks for a month or, or maybe, maybe it's even worse. I don't know. Let's just say I'm going to pay, um, you know, $14.99 for a month of Ubisoft for one game and cancel it, you know, assuming that I'm going to get the gameplay I want in one month out of it. You know, if it's a game like Far Cry or a game like Assassin's Creed, I might not finish that game in one month. So now we're talking two months. Now we're talking 50% of the game. You know, at which point would it have been better if I would have just invested in the game if I haven't finished it in, in the first 30 days. So... That's that's the question that comes into play here. I still think I, I a lot of times, you know, I like to take myself out of where we are in our lives now. And I really, you know, I like to go back to where was I at five years ago when I was poor? You know, you know what I mean? When I was, you know, in my mid twenties, didn't have a lot of money to spend on gaming. Um and and I think back to this is something I probably would have been really excited about five years ago to think I could go buy a $50 controller and subscribe to this and play some games, play some new games. I think it'd be really appealing. If you're someone that is ca- is casual in a way that you don't want to invest in the hardware, maybe just like how Netflix picked up because people didn't want to go out and buy a DVD collection. Like maybe, maybe this is the platform that works for you and makes sense for you. But for you, I, probably most people to listen to the show that, own gaming hardware are passionate about collecting and passionate about gaming to the extent that we are, this probably isn't the platform that's going to meet our needs as players. But I really do think that there could be a place in the industry for this platform. The problem with these, with this platform and Stadia is that as of right now, at least they're not going to get like why why would PlayStation and Xbox are going to look at these and say, "Well, I don't need to put my first parties on there." Nintendo's going to say, "I don't need to put my first parties on there." It's too fragmented. And and to me, at the same time, looking away from it from me and 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 trying to look at it like you are uh saying is that this almost feels like the gateway to someone that's like, "Yes, it's 50 bucks and I can play video games." And the second I play Destiny on this and my friend's playing it on PC or my friend's playing it on an Xbox Series X and I'm hearing all this extra fun stuff and they're all using Xbox Live chat and I'm over here on this Luna and I don't even know how I'm going to chat with anybody. Um, You know, like, 
is this that is that is this the gateway where I go? Well, okay, cool. I test for fifty bucks. I test it out if I like video games. I do. I'm going to Xbox. Like that's that's more or less what I feel Stadia and Luna feel like to me right now is like it's the cheap entryway that eventually when someone matures a little bit as a gamer, they're going there's too many limitations on this device and they're gonna jump to a PS5, to an Xbox, or to just a full blown PC gamer. Like that's what this is gonna do. And so that's a good that could be a good thing for the industry, but I but it's a bad thing for Amazon or Google in the sense of what they're doing with their platform and what they want out of their platform. The $50 controller doesn't look bad. In my opinion, it looks better than what Stadia has going on for it. I don't know who makes it. I don't know a lot about the controller besides the fact that, and I have a little little blurb right here that says, the Luna controller is Alexa-enabled and connects directly to the cloud, which is very similar to what the Stadia controller does, uh, to effort, effortlessly control your game. Featuring a multiple antenna design that prioritizes uninterrupted Wi-Fi for lower latency gaming. In fact, our testing showed a reduction in round-trip latency when playing the Luna controller with direct with Cloud Direct versus Luna controller via Bluetooth, uh, with reductions of between 17 to 30 milliseconds among PC, Fire TV, and Mac. Because the Luna controller connects directly to cloud servers, players can easily switch between screens, uh, such as Fire TV to mobile phone, without add additional pairing or configuration changes. That sounds cool and all, but... Um, but again, I've used Stadia and wasn't impressed. So the fact that this is pretty much the same thing, you got to prove to me that somehow you're different and better. And I don't know how you're going to do that when it's just simply limitations of people. Like if you're talking about someone that's like, they're not a gamer and they don't spend money, then they probably don't have very good internet either. Like I'm just because they don't see, they don't understand why they need it because they don't need it. You know, like people don't pay what I pay for internet because they don't they don't need it. Netflix works well enough for them and they can surf the web and they're done. So with that basic internet package, when I grab this controller and go, cool, 4K 60 frames per second, and then they laugh at me and I and I'm sitting there buffering and running 1080p at 30 frames per second if I'm lucky, that's a bad experience. And that doesn't only hurt this product, but it hurts the gaming industry because people that may not know a lot about gaming go, well, this is what people are playing. This sucks. And they just leave. So it's also in that sense, a potential roadblock to getting, you know, those type of, those type of people to come in and try video games. So. Yeah. You buy this for your kid, right? You think that we're an Amazon family. This is something that, 50 bucks and I get my kid the subscription. My kid's going to be able to play hundred different video games and I don't have to buy him an Xbox. Yeah. And then you find out that your internet wasn't up to snuff. And now, you know, all of a sudden you're trying to jump through hoops to up your internet. And then all of a sudden you're paying an extra $40 a month on your internet package to get something that would be adequate to play. And you realize uh, over a half a year, you could have bought the Xbox, Xbox. one S and, and left and left your internet the way it was. Um, also to add on to the controller, Luna will feature Twitch integration inside the Luna experience. So Amazon owns Twitch players will see Twitch streams for games in the service. And from Twitch, they'll be able to instantly start playing Luna games. This is the same concept that Google has talked about with YouTube and Stadia creating that integration for people that are watching content and see something they really like and being able to jump into their own experience of it 
it sounds interesting, but I just haven't seen enough of it to make me understand why I actually care. Because, again, I'm thinking of me who lives on Twitch and understands Twitch and finds things I want to find and everything. I don't, like, I don't need a watered-down AI to assist me into my viewership of what I want and then into my consume and help me consume of what I want. I just go do it myself. So I don't look at this as an advantage to me, but I can see it again in Deadite's eyes of someone that's unsure of things. They can, you know, be like, what is this game about? And because they're in the store, maybe they can jump over to a stream on, on a weird platform that they're not used to called Twitch and watch someone play and go, oh, that looks fun. And then launch the game. Sure, it might be a little bit, it's probably would be user friendly for someone like that. But um, as far as showing perks as to why any type of current gamer, established gamer, and I'm not talking hardcore, just an established gamer would want this platform, I have no idea. They've also announced absolutely zero at this point exclusive anything to this system besides a bunch of games that I've already played because they're all old and then hope that a channel is going to give me day one access to games if I pay them money. So there's really nothing here that's like, oh man, I can't wait to grab, to get my hands on this. Did you uh, put in for early access? I mean, of course I did from the podcast standpoint, just like I did Same. with Stadia. But um, I want, you know, I want to compare it to Stadia. I want to, you know, have a, have a feeling for, for what, um, what we have here. But overall, like, it's cool. Um, you know, it sounds it sounds a lot like what cable companies are trying to do right now to combat. You hear so many people cutting the cord, right? Getting rid of their cable. Like me, I only have internet access, and then I have a few Netflix, Hulu type thing, and that's that's what I consume. And so, like, cable started to build these packages. Like, well, here's your core package, and then you can add on exactly what you want, so you can customize it just the way you want. Because we realize you didn't like us throwing 352 channels down your throat and making you pay one flat rate. So this is what Amazon looks at and goes, well, that's going to be our business model. It could work, but at the same time, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like Amazon did anything here. It just looks like they kind of looked over here and said, what's Comcast do? Okay, cool, we're going to do that which isn't you know super reassuring to me um the last the last couple pieces i want to touch on this before we before we wrap it up here is um amazon has already gotten around apple's guideline apple's rules so we talked about the we talked about a few weeks back how google stadia xbox game pass is not on apple and they're having and they're having issues because of the app store rules of per item has to be you know, accessible instead of one app that lets you stream a hundred items. And so Amazon has worked their way around this, but they found a simple way to get around Apple's app store rules entirely. And it's making, um, it's making me wonder like how soon Google NVIDIA and Microsoft could follow, could follow, right? Because, they're all stuck right now on where they're on Android, but they're not going to be, they're not on iOS, which is a, is your major, your major platform right, uh, right now. So Amazon Luna on iOS is not a traditional app. It'll never appear in the app store and it doesn't need to. Uh, it's a progressive web app, EWA. 
which is mostly a fancy name for a website that you can launch and run separately from the rest of your web browser. Uh, and this is from Engadget. They say it can even appear as an icon on your home screen, making it look like a normal app before you tap it. Being a web app makes it exempt from Apple's App Store rules, a, a fact that Apple itself is well aware of. Uh, two weeks ago, Apple actually mentioned this idea in its updated rules. Uh, so in in 4.9 streaming games, I'm going to skip the whole rule, but I'm going to read read the highlighted version. Uh, Apple goes on to say, you know, games must use in-app purchase to unlock features and functionality, blah, 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 so they can get their 30% cut. Of course, there is always the open internet and web browser apps to reach all users outside of the App Store. It's literally included in Apple's rule, uh, updated rule. But Amazon making use of this workaround is not surprising, but what's surprising is that Google, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and others have waited this long to also leverage this. Um... We've known for a decade that you can play a top-shelf game in a web browser, um, but as far as, uh, as far as the person that was writing this article, back in 2010, they were streaming Mass Effect 2 on a web browser um, uh, in an original Atom-powered notebook using the service that would later morph into Sony's PlayStation Now before Sony bought it. Um, Google, ha- Google has known for eight of those past 10 years that a web browser can natively stream those games too, uh, before he graduated to run the whole company, the the CEO of Google now uh, literally took the Google stage and, and demonstrated this exact thing to Google. Stadia launched with support for Chromebooks and Chrome Web Browser too, but also launched with an app on Android and an app that can't play games on iOS now. So... The uh, and NVIDIA GeForce Now, which is the one I'd say probably your struggling platform right now, has uh, leaped to the Chromebooks as well using what's called a WebRTC version of the app, which potentially opened the door to a web browser version uh, on top of its apps for Mac, Windows, and Android. Um, this is your this is your workaround for the Apple situation, and Amazon is leading the way and just being ready out the gate. That's a big. That's a good move for them. This is this is good. Now the question comes down to is that they make it sound like it's not going to be difficult. So hopefully it's not right because I mean that that's the big thing is the experience that the user is going to have is everything. How hard is it for me to get this up and running on my iPhone versus any other device that truly supports it? Because really, this is a workaround. Like, we, we have to call this a workaround. Amazon's going to promote it as, like, their way of that you can use your Apple devices. But it is indeed a a workaround. And so, the other thing you have to understand is that when you use a web app and when you do this, your input, the way that your, your input active, activation and everything you're doing on your controller is transmitted differently through to the servers. So that's the other piece that like could be problematic is that performance on say an Apple device versus performance on an Android or a PC or something could be, could be different. And that could, that could be problematic. Well, time will tell once we actually get people trying all these different things out. All right. You guys got any last, uh, last points on, on Luna? interest to see how it pans out yeah 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 all right cool well uh that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more please visit 
gamesillamedia.com. Check out our blogs, check out the videos, check out all the other great podcasts that we have on our network. And um, you can join the Discord. You can do everything from our website. And yeah, that that that's it. That's that's what we got for this week. We're gonna roll into a quick muster or not muster bust, a quick uh, gaming moment of the week, and uh, we'll go ahead and start it off with uh, Deadite. Yeah, I guess my return to Rocket League. Um, just it just feels good to be back in the game. I bought into the Rocket Pass. I got to grind to forty six to get those Shark Wheels. They're sweet Shark Wheels. I need them. Dude, I saw so, those and I instantly messaged you. I just stopped what I was doing and went right to you. It's how he got me back in. He sends me like a link to these wheels. He's like, well, I guess you got to get it. And I was like, I guess I do. And that's all it took. I was back in. So it feels good to get back to a game that, you know, I've I've loved so much, you know, <laughs> off and on over the last few years. And I just look forward to uh, enjoying this Rocket Pass this fall. Miggy, what about you? Can't think of anything. Can't think of anything. I mean, I I did get my I did finally, finally get my hands on a uh, uh, nice little retro retro handheld. Uh, it's the uh, the Retroid Pocket, uh, all the way from the uh, from the glorious land of China. Uh, <laughs> but it's legit. It's legit. I've been uh, having a lot of fun, um, reliving a lot of my favorite games from my youth. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty fun going hard on uh, on Mario sixty four um even playing uh playing some games that i don't think were ever like released um which may uh, i was talking to um to the glitch about so i don't know something may be coming i don't know i don't know but uh keep an eye out for the legend of retro for that but uh not for me not for me just uh <laughs> but uh yeah i think, think that's about it just uh i'm gonna do some more testing on it uh, try and see what it looks like when i uh connect it to the tv and see how the output um is on that i can connect the bluetooth controller to it so uh maybe look for more some more updates to come in the discord cool awesome man I, you did show it off to us on screen it looks really cool it looks you know uh like a nice nice device for sure it is surprisingly uh my gaming moment of the week is you know rock it revolves around rocket league i already talked about it um but there's two two parts to it, it i obviously got to play with with some some players that are on a level I've never seen before and but were willing to help coach me and so within 3 4 days I was progressing in a game that maybe I thought I had already hit my ceiling on to realize I hadn't hit my ceiling on I just needed to I just needed to understand the 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 thought process that goes through a higher tier player and realize I was going I was looking at it wrong and so um, it is really refreshing to go into the tutorials and do the do the aerial pro or all star modes and hundred percent it. When before it was like it, it, it wasn't ever going to happen, you know. Like if I got sixty percent, I was like that was a good run. So you know it uh, it clearly has impacted my gameplay. I'm excited to gear up and get ready for my placements and start to see how that how it affects where I rank um, out the gate and. I've been having a lot of fun with Rocket League. But at the same time, my the, the part two of this is that I got to play a game for the first time ever that's blowing up right now on Twitch, and I experienced my first round of Among Us. 
um, with with a good friend of mine, Snow Foxy, and, uh, and a group of our community uh, from both streams that we all all jumped in and had fun. If you're not familiar with Among Us, it is a basically a game where you're you're all these space engineers, uh, which you know look all little cartoony and everything, and you drop into a map. And there's different maps, but you drop into a map, and the idea is. And you can customize this, but the idea is that there's crewmates and then there's imposters and you don't know who's who's what. Right. So the idea is you drop in and you have tasks to complete. If you're a crewmate, if you're an imposter, the idea is you want everybody dead. Right. So um, when you're an imposter, you have fake tasks. You can you can sabotage and you can kill when you're a crewmate. You you do tasks and you run around and what happens is is that you're all in one group you all look the same murders start happening but the the imposter is trying to do it secretly it's like a like a game of Clue right you end up finding a body you call a report it takes you into a like a certain amount of time where you all chat together so you're all you're all severed from communication during the game and then when someone finds a body they report it it pulls you into a chat and then you all chat for 40 seconds and you all share your information and then you either vote somebody off or you skip right and so and the the idea is you have to if if all everybody dies then the imposters win if you actually guess the right people and you cast them off then the crewmates win if you die and you weren't an imposter you're a ghost now every round after that and ghosts can still complete tasks to help your team if your team does enough tasks and the imposters don't kill people fast enough, then you can win still. So you can still be a ghost and you're still involved in the game. So what I like about it is like you could do something dumb that just makes everyone think you're a killer and you get casted off at the beginning of the game. And then you're like, normally when something like that happens in a game, you're sitting there playing on your phone. But here you can still interact and you can still do things. And so it was just a lot of fun obviously chaos obviously it was fun to see people try to deceive each other like there was a couple times where like snow foxy who is like the most just like chill nice person completely lied to my face and i bought it one thousand percent for them to get back did he get stabbed in the back 10 seconds later and murdered by her and then you you're a ghost so you don't get to go into the next conversation you just get to sit there and listen to everyone and go well what happened and then she's like i don't know i'm not sure but something <laughs> happened to grim and i'm like you lying sack of shit <laughs> so yeah um friendships were destroyed um alliances were made the, but the highlight of the whole thing was there was one round where I, I renamed my character to Foxy 2 and I thought it'd be funny to just follow her around the entire the entire round because that way if anybody murdered one of us the other person would see it. I was like this is the perfect idea for crewmen, for cruise ship. <laughs> so I just follow her around, following her around, we go down to the reactor and all of a sudden she turns around and murders me and I was like, didn't think about the fact that she might be an imposter, murders herself and then calls the report on herself and goes, someone just murdered Foxy 2 and then goes, wait, who is even Foxy 2? And then they figure out it was me and they're like, why would you change your name? She lies her ass off and, and and convinces people to then shoot poor Merciless out into space, <laughs> who is, is not an imposter. So I'm just sitting here and I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for this round to be over to just yell at Foxy. If you have not played this game, it is $5. 
$5 for the PC on Steam. It is free. It is free on mobile. And they are cross-play. So, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. You gotta have a lot of yeah. You gotta have a lot of people though. If you only have a couple people, it's not not as fun because it's easier to figure it out. But you can have up to ten people in the crew, and we had nine, and it was a blast. Games of the crew assemble. Oh yeah, I'm sure we could definitely get some some people together to have fun with that. So, all right, guys, that's our gaming moments of the week. We always like to hear what you're up to, and you can share that in the Discord. So make sure you join, hop in the Games Old Podcast channel, talk to us about the news today, about what you're gaming. Uh, if you're looking for people to team up for some Among Us or some Warzone or whatever it is you're playing, it's a great place to uh, to find like-minded people um, in a great community to game with. So make sure you check out the Discord. Uh, we'd like to thank our patrons one more time. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If you're not already supporting us there and you enjoyed the podcast on Twitch or you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, please consider heading over there and signing up and starting your patronage today. We greatly appreciate your financial support. It helps keep us running here um, as we have been just grinding, doing the show, making uh, some, some laughs for you, keeping you informed in the world of gaming here all through the pandemic. We appreciate it if you throw a few bucks our way, and uh, it would mean a lot to us. Also, while I'm here, got to remind you that as a as a five dollar patron, you have access to exclusive content only available um, to you at the five dollar level. You won't hear those shows anywhere else. Exclusive shows presented by all the other shows in the Games of the Me- uh, Media Network, including Legend of Retro, Noobs and Dragons, The Last Action Podcast, and Noiseland Arcade. All awesome shows covering you know. Dungeons and Dragons, retro gaming, action movies, The Simpsons, cool stuff. Please go give them a listen. Uh, if if you enjoy us, you'll enjoy them as well. And again, exclusive stuff available to you. Patreon.com slash games of the media. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I, I don't have any new patrons to shout out today on the show, but I figured I'll fill this spot with something that'll make Deadeye very happy. He made his uh, he made his post on social media like he does every week. And, um, you know, decided to go ahead and sing some ARMS from Nintendo's ARMS uh, music type deal. Well, ARMS Tips and Tricks um, decided to go ahead and like that post. So there you go. There is a community out there. I don't know, but what? Uh, Anyways. I'm about to be the face of the ARMS community. Do you you even own ARMS? No, I don't own ARMS. He's got two. He doesn't. He doesn't even need to own the game to be the face of the community. That's the only. The only thing I remember about Arms is that it's not very fun and it has a hot track. <laughs> hot track. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to episode three hundred and twenty-nine of the Games Little Podcast. Appreciate uh, all the support here live on twitch.tv slash Media. And again, if you're listening to us on any of the podcast outlets and you haven't hit that subscribe button, you haven't hit the heart button, you haven't given us five stars, left us that review, please do. It helps us a ton. Uh, we appreciate you all. We will see you next week. And until then, game on. Game on. Oh. Fine. Oh, 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 oh